the other day uh i went to meyer and forgot a mask but i had my snowboarding like cowl in my uh in my car and i was like well this is it it's better than nothing yeah i mean i i think there was like something that said it was like worse than nothing but i I don't really believe that (laughs) there's no way (laughs) so they just uh they announced that they were remastering mass effect the whole mass effect trilogy which is a video game for anyone listening that doesn't know what it is and oh is it called mask effect now (laughs) (laughs) damn the dad jokes well done sir well done Hey listeners, we are the Dude Scouts. We drink beers, talk about things, award made-up badges, and most importantly, never take ourselves too seriously. Check us out on Instagram, throw us a follow, and please subscribe on whichever platform you choose to listen to us on. Thanks for being a fan. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of Dude Scouts. Andrew, how's it going over there? Uh, we lost a, a beer cap in the gutter there. Um, it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. Forever. It's gone. But we have a very uh, special guest. He is a very witty man, and I, I'm sure he won't disappoint our listeners. Yes. Second time on the show, Corey. Welcome back. What's up, guys? Don't be so sure I won't disappoint the listeners. I've disappointed my father many times. <laughs> I, I think we all have <laughs> maybe some more than others yeah but thanks guys appreciate it i'm glad to be back well Corey, why don't you start us off with what are you drinking um okay yeah so i was going to be lame and i was gonna go on this big tangent about how i'm drinking some lemonade because had a little bit of a late night last night but at the last minute, decided to pour myself a uh, actually pretty hefty pour of bourbon. Um, it's Jefferson's aged at in aged at sea. Oh it's, yeah, um, it's like eighty dollars a bottle. It's pretty decent. Uh, it I opened it almost a year ago, so I haven't drank it for quite a while, and just wanted to have some fun with the dude scouts. And dude, it's it's smelled out so good. It's so smooth and green apples and vanilla and it smells like victory mm. so yeah do you mm. know what voyage it is it's voyage 20 um oh, okay. so i you guys like to talk about the the history of the the drinks a little bit these are this is it's an interesting marketing tactic is really mm. what it is so the people at jefferson's decided to try an experiment where they sent uh, a barrel of whiskey to new york via truck and then they sent a barrel mm-hmm. of whiskey to new york via like as many waterways as they could um, to see what the interaction with the waves and the all the stuff that happens on water travel does to the whiskey while it's still in the barrel. And hmm. apparently it creates a whole different flavor profile when the so like the whiskey will slosh around and move. So more will come oh, into yeah. contact with the barrel. So they started this whole thing where now they load up these ships for like six to eight months. Uh, and they go on these voyages. The whiskey's like seven to nine years before going onto the ship, so it's like uh, yeah. you know about ten years old. Uh, it's great, uh, great marketing, great marketing. <laughs> and last I read about it, they usually did it on research vessels, and then helped pay for some of that research that they were doing as a part of it, which is I think super cool of them. That's a, a win-win. You get great whiskey and right research. Yeah, and the the whiskey is really good. I will say it is really good. And like I said, it's mellowed out quite a bit. So um, I have. Yeah. Anyway, so Jefferson's aged at sea voyage 20, a healthy pour. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, what are you drinking? All right. So in in honor of our one year of covid, I am drinking a rolling rock. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's a very classy looking bottle. But it's just it an average beer, really. So yeah, but a beautiful beer, I think. It's yeah, it's 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 definitely better than Bud Light. Is it better than Bud Light Lime? Debatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they do have a thirty-three on every bottle. The number thirty-three. 
So would you like to guess what that means? It's a number in sequential order. The number of people that died from drinking it? <laughs> well, so it hasn't changed in like 70 years. So it's always been 33. So we could argue that that probably would have, would have happened more often, maybe. I don't know. You got me. I don't know. What is it? So, yeah, yeah. all right. So been had. There, there's a whole list of conspiracy theories out on this. So um, one theory is that there's uh, there were 33 steps in order to get into like the brewery originally when they made Rolling Rock back in like the, you know, uh, 1940s, 1930s. Um, it could be the year of prohibition, which was 1933. Oh. Um, or it could be the pledge of quality, right? The slogan that they had was originally 33 words long. And essentially none of them have ever been confirmed. It's just been on the bottle forever. Huh. So now it's just the number of people that have been killed by it. <laughs> yes. I got morbid very quickly. Precisely. I think uh, I think we can credit Logan with that discovery. <laughs> well, you're about to be able to credit me with a new discovery. All right. This beer is called Campin' Beer. It's from Brew Detroit, mm. and it's got a nice little picture of a tent and a fire pit with some trees. Uh, I tried to do some research on this beer, and there was absolutely nothing out there on it, even from its own website, where it just listed the beer and its ABV. Uh, So I'm going to go back to our roots and read off the can. (laughs) It says, (laughs) beer for folks going camping. Bright, clean, light, American blonde ale. It's uh, it's 5%. It, uh, you know, I could take it camping. I don't know if I would, because it comes in pints and... Anything that comes in pints, it's uh, it's bound for a bad camping trip. Comes in pints. Puke in the tent. It comes in pints. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, it's from Brew Detroit. So I thought I'd support local, you know. But camping beer, very nice, very for nice. Folks going camping yeah. for folks going camp. You know, it'd be great for um, you know, those campers would be if they had a small barrel of whiskey <laughs> on their back. <laughs> I, I heard the sloshing is wonderful. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Just a little pony, little pony keg, right there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Just traveling with your backpack. <clears throat> Sell that. All right. Okay. Well, let's get into questions. Andrew, how about we start with you? All right. So, I was reading that Ewan McGregor's brother is in the RAF, so he's in the Royal Air Force, right? And he is known as OB two. That is his call handle. Yeah, Obi Two. Yes. So if if you were in the Star Wars universe, what would your name be? Hmm. This we is can actually cut all this, out, this so is a take your this time. is a pretty easy question for me to answer. <laughs> Back in the day, I played the Star Wars MMO called Star Wars Galaxies, and they, okay. it was like World of Warcraft, but it was Star Wars. So I had a character on there. <laughs> don't know why this was my name. Don't know why I made, but I was like I don't know twelve or whatever. Tote. Brilliant ideas. Land runner. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like tote land runner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get a lot of people ask me, like, do you know what a tote is? I was like, dude, shut the hell up. Except I was 12, so I didn't say that. I was like, leave me alone. I'm trying to get a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> tote land, land runner. <laughs> tote land runner. Oh, All right, Logan. Man. What would my name be? I feel like, hmm, it'd be like noob, it'd be like noob shinubi. <laughs> Wait, your, your name is noob? Yeah. My name is ubi doob kanubi. <laughs> U- ubi noob scooby doobie yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> From the planet Sharubi? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd be noob Uh Yeah. Andrew, what about you? All right. So it would be Professor Khan, as in Khan from Star Trek. So (laughs) hear me out. Hear me out. (laughs) You're you're cross references. He is the big baddie of Star Trek. Yeah, this is a cross reference here. Yeah. Um, It's getting dangerous. (laughs) You don't mess with the timelines, Bearcat. Well, Simon Pegg and company already did. So (laughs) it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Um, Right. So. In the Star Trek universe, you die. All those red shirts die. You know, they 
they get reincarnated into the Star Wars universe as a clone trooper, naturally. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you got this big baddie that's Khan in the Star Trek universe. Well, now he's just going to be Professor Khan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who laid the technology for Darth Sidious to do all his weird stuff. Whoa. But it was strictly academic at that point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I was gonna say that's that's a question. What does your character then do? Like, what is your person Tote? What is Tote Ground Runner? Let me tell you. So, there's an ancient martial art in the Star Wars universe called Taras Kasi, and I was a Taras Kasi master. Speak dirty to me. I used a vibro blade, which is like you hold it in your hand, and there's a big blade that comes out here, Just hit things with it. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. That's uh, not what I was. That was my that's main. Not what I was picturing with vibro blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it was <laughs> but yeah that was uh that was what i, I was really i had like uh a cool house on naboo and i was a part of the imperial mm, the bad real empire. estate market so I, w- I will admit i joined the empire because i thought it was cool to get stormtrooper armor so i was a imperial agent taraskasi master for the fashion that. accessories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard that Tote Groundrunner became uh, a Gungan. <laughs> he was never seen or heard from again. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something Professor Khan would work on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's good. Transforming that's good. humans into <laughs> Gungans. <laughs> They're an endangered species. Classic Professor out, you know? Khan. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> He's just out here changing species. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's under the Naboo trials now. <laughs> All right, okay, Corey, let's go with your question as our guest. All right, we'll sandwich you. Great, I like being sandwiched by dudes. Um, <laughs> hey, that is dude scouts. Dude. Yeah, right by the dude scouts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This past week, uh, Daft Punk, which has which was a techno house band, they were a band, you know, like twenty eight years, almost as long as we've been alive, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, here, here's one out to them, right there. Oh yes. So they broke up finally after as you know twenty eight years, and it, I think it was it was surprising to me how sad everyone was about this, but it also makes sense because they were sort of unique they were one of a kind and it sort of it feels like kind of the end of a an interesting era of music so the question is you know your favorite band whoever it might be how would you feel if they broke up today what would you feel like you would lose if that would happen uh it's already happened and it's happened multiple times to me oh <clears throat> pick better it's, bands it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, more stable bands, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more stable lead singer. Uh, it's uh, every band that Tom DeLonge has been a part of. Uh, Blink-182 starting it. Uh, Angels and Airwaves, you know, all those bands. And Tom DeLonge left music and broke hearts. And I was one yeah, of those Yeah, I was going to say, yours was one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I... I don't know. There's something about Tom DeLonge's voice and uh, his music. It, it, uh, yeah, so I uh, I understand that like that pain that people go through when their favorite band breaks up, and then they try to add somebody else into it to keep it going, and you're like, you've already died. <laughs> you're the equivalent of Sidious coming back in the most recent Star Wars film. It leaves such a big hole in your heart, though, doesn't it? When I mean, that your favorite band stops making music, especially music that may have you know gotten you through a tough time or whatever which dude you're listening to angels and airwaves and blink 182 we all know you were jamming to that with some long bangs like sad <laughs> you saw me with my long bangs <laughs> yeah, <I know. clears throat> you saw me in those sad times uh, i get it andrew andrew grew up with me during that entire phase yeah god yeah, bless I you <laughs> yeah it was it was tough it was tough um oh. yeah as you got more confident, though, you cut your hair shorter. <laughs> yeah, kind of a, yeah, that was a thing. But honestly, it was. Yeah, they, he had long hair because he just was kind of hiding. Because my ears. Yeah, he was hiding his ears. But yeah, 
massive and elfish. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It was Lord of the Rings that helped me. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anyone can help you find your confidence, it should be Legolas. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Andrew, what about you? Favorite band breaking up? Oh, God. So it would be... Um, th- so they're both still bands right now, right? And that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Although mm-hmm. they have some rotations that go on every once in a while. Um, and and Muse are my two favorite bands. And oh, it would it would suck. It would suck. I you know I I know with at least with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I know that's on the horizon. You know, because they're they're getting in their you know they're in their early sixties right now. Are they so really? at a certain point? Yeah, they're that's in their early sixties. Damn, I kid you not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's where their most recent guitarist, who's like, you know, in his late 30s, is just like totally was disjunct from the band a little bit. Like John Frusciante was already 10 years younger than them. And then basically, you know, this new guitarist was like 25 years younger than them. <laughs> he just doesn't get it, man. It'd be like if I was friends with a baby right now. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, if we were all just if all three of us were just friends with a baby. Yeah. You're just a baby, yeah. man. <laughs> but you're cool. You're cool. We're gonna jam someday. We're gonna make some great music. You can hang out. Come with back us. in twenty five years, yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, but but no, like right. I, I, I'm emotionally prepared for one of those bands, but not the other one. Um Yeah. So I think that's why like devastating. specifically with the whole Daft Punk thing. They hadn't really made, I mean, they did the Tron soundtrack and then they helped a couple other people produce some songs, which was cool, but they hadn't made an album in eight years. So, and all of a sudden they post a YouTube video that was like, hey, and we're done, like, just like that. So it was, it felt very sudden and like the plug got pulled on the robots, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They shut it down. They shut it right down. They really did. All right. So for my question. We get deep with this one. What is the last movie or TV show that got you to cry, and why? Oh yes. Can I ask um, a follow up really quick? <laughs> Define okay. cry. Is it like right. one tear, or is it like I saw? I, I consider it as I consider it as like a teary eyed. Like you got you got real. Yeah, emotional. you got like you choked felt up. The tears. Yeah. Yeah, you felt. Yeah, you felt it in the throat. You felt it in the eyes. You, you may have fought it back because you're like, I can't cry here. Yeah, sure. I get that. That moment. Oh, yeah. No. Um, oh, I just let it happen, honestly. Um, <laughs> now I do. <laughs> just own it. Um, you know, so so the film that does that for me, pretty much like guaranteed, is Hacksaw Ridge. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So So for those of you who haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, it's about a World War II soldier who is essentially a nonviolent person um and that's part of his like religious beliefs and so he refuses to go into combat with a weapon right so he's he's and he refuses to kill anybody um so he goes in as a combat medic and he's serving in the pacific and he ends up rescuing and saving a ton of people in the process and so it's just like it's in a testament that like in literally the worst possible environment, you can still be the best version of yourself. Yeah, make a stand for what you believe in. Yeah. So, is there a is there a particular scene in that movie that gets you? So, so like I I am a religious person, and so it's when he's like, everyone's retreated down the cliff, down Hacksaw Ridge, so they've retreated, and then he, the bombs are just going. And he hears people and he's just like, I got to go, I got to go do that. You know, he's like, I got it. I'm the only person that can do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's an emotional moment. Mm. It is an emotional moment. For sure. Getting teary eyed right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel it. You can feel it. That power. Mm -hmm. What about you, Corey? Yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good question because it's something I've, uh, I've been thinking about the, it seems like the older I get, the more open to like having emotional reactions to, media is like a thing and so Mm -hmm. the movie that always did it for me was marley and me like sobbed like uncontrollably Mm. um i've always Mm -hmm. been an animal person and i like i was the type of person when the the first time i saw braveheart the scene where all the horses charge into the into the wooden spears like i have to i had to turn away i couldn't watch it because it was like i don't mind watching dudes get their heads chopped off because they chose that 
You know what I mean? Like the horses didn't choose it. Like, so um, Marley and me was the first movie that I remember like having a legit, like emotional reaction to. But the one that gets me every single time is it's a Scrubs episode. Scrubs was a TV show back in the day. And um, Mm -hmm. the episode where Dr. Cox's friend Ben dies of cancer and he mm-hmm. blames JD, but like Ben is with him. It's like a projection. So he's not actually there, but he's like trying to convince Dr. Cox that it wasn't JD's fault. And But we don't know that Ben's dead. You know what I mean? So we it's some nameless patient that they're talking about. And then at the end of the episode, he's talking to the figment of his imagination, Ben. And he said, you know, are you going to at least take pictures of my kid covered in chocolate? He thought he was going to his kid's birthday party. And JD walks up to him and says, where do you think we are? And he said, we're at my son's birthday party or whatever. And they walk over and it's Ben's funeral. And Dr. Cox, when he like, he just see it. And dude, John C. McGinley is brilliant because mm-hmm. he's so intense. And then when he has this moment where it's like super vulnerable and sad, it, dude, it gets me every single, like every single time I get choked up and like manly tear comes out. Yeah. A single manly tear. Just but the the older I've gotten, the more like I feel the emotional moments and more things. Like even some, I was watching Endgame, Infinity or uh, Avengers Endgame today, and the scene where Wanda comes back and like takes on Thanos by herself. She's like, "You took everything from me." After we've been watching WandaVision, I'm like, "Ugh." Uh, (laughs) Uh, I'm feeling it. Oh, because dude, the WandaVision show is like legit like that hits you the grief the whole thing about the grief and everything like that hits you in a deep like emotional spot so it does the more i think it's just let yourself feel yeah, it but yeah well, that yeah no no i i yeah no I, I i i agree like like as we've gotten older it's kind of like my my understanding of like being stoic isn't so much like not showing emotion it's more just like just being comfortable right yeah just being comfortable to and I think there's a, a like with the stoicism, exactly. there's a difference between like irrational, uh, unhealthy emotion and the emotion of like experiencing this thing that you should experience. You shouldn't bl- you shouldn't be like a Vulcan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I. Uh, yep. Let's hear it. I came up with two. Uh, one is the most recent that I've I've shed a tear for. And one is always shed a tear for. Uh, the most recent one is from Disney's, uh, movie, uh, Onward. And if you haven't seen Onward, it's about two brothers whose dad is dead and they basically go on a quest to get their dad back. And I don't know why it, I think it gets to me because of just my brothers and we've always just been like that tight knit do uh, trio and we always do things together. And both of my brothers are like uh, another set of parents to me. And we kind of do it with each other. We're, we we help each other along. Anyway, that movie at the end always gets to me when the, the younger brother who never got to meet the dad doesn't get to meet. I'm going to spoil some things. Spoiler alert! But, but the, when the younger brother gives up his opportunity to the older brother, it's I don't, it's a beautiful like message to me. And I always... I, I start shedding a tear and it, it got me good the first time I watched it. Um, but the one that always gets me is in Lord of the Rings, the two towers. And it's at the very end of the two towers and it's Sam's speech to Frodo. Dude. Yes. I was when hoping Frodo say is, this. It's when Frodo's trying to give up when he's saying, I can't do this. And Sam just rants out and I've got it here and I'm going to read it. Read it. You know, I'm gonna yes. Read it. Read it. Make us cry. He goes, It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't know, or you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now, folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. And Frodo asks him, what are we holding on to, Sam? 
Sam responds with the best thing that he could have done. That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo. And it's worth fighting for. And it gets me. That speech right there from mm. Sam. Shivers down my spine. I mean, Sam just rattles that out. It's just Sam. Sam Gamgee. Yeah, dude. He's the true, gets me, man. He's the true hero of the Lord of the Rings. Like, low-key, he's the true hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so those are my two moments. That was a very well read um, for for having a Michigan accent. Um, you know, I think it was a little better delivered in the slightly Gaelic accent. I was that, really yeah, hoping you'd pull out a little bit of like the Scottish or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Scottish Irish kind of flair that's there's there. some good yeah. left in this world, and it's worth fighting for. And when the shines, when the sun shines out, it will shine out the yeah, clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. <laughs> for those with the stories that stayed with you. Oh uh, yes, it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it could get better, and it just did. <laughs> yeah, man, that was there's good. Some good in this world, and that's worth fighting for. <laughs> yeah, that was that was excellent. Shit. There we uh, go. Mm. All right. Okay. Where do we even so, go from okay. here? <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. That's the end of the episode. So long. <laughs> Cry, everybody. <laughs> no. Uh, we've got two more segments left. Uh, the first one is going to be Potato Head. Formerly Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so I'm going to preface this. I don't, I don't know anything about this. I know there's been some sort of large outcry, and I am excited to learn about whatever the hell is this is uh so hasbro came out recently and said that they are getting rid of the name mr potato head and just going with a gender neutral potato head cool i don't care and you can buy just a box of potato head and it comes with parts for making your potato whatever you want because it's a potato and you can put parts on it Okay. It's a potato. I mean, the fact that they named it Mr. Potato Head at the beginning, cool. But there like, was also Mrs. Right. Potato Head. And then there was Mrs. Potato Head. Well, now they're making it easier on you. You could just go buy Potato Head and make it Mr. or Mrs. Or you can mix and match like every kid has done for the last 30 years. You put the red lips on Mr. <laughs> potato Head anyway because it's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, it's the it's the place where you put the arms as feet and the feet as arms. I mean, it's it's a I've seen kids put arms for the eyes. Yeah, I was gonna say you put the arms and the eye holes and the eyes and the head. The, the oh head yeah, hole. yeah. The nose mm-hmm. goes on the head. Or the, you got two feet, two noses for feet. I mean, the reason why we're talking about it is because people have gotten upset about it. And my big question to that is why. Why are we getting upset about a potato that no longer has a specific what gender assigned assign? gender? I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I hate to break it. Yeah, I, I hate to break it to people, but you know, it's a potato. Like <laughs> p- p- potatoes are are you know seed based kind of like you know they're 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 plant based. They don't really have genders. They're fibrous vegetables. Yes. Nature's been swinging both ways on that for a long time. <laughs> you know, they they sold a box of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with a kid potato, and that was a yam. And maybe maybe you don't know anything about two potatoes, but two potatoes make another potato. Yeah. They don't make they a don't yam. Make a yam. Man, I, I'm offended that they would insinuate you get a sweet potato out of a regular potato. What the? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me this relationship is not monogamous. <laughs> That's the mailman's kid right there, tell you what. <laughs> I'm sorry, male person. Male potato. Male, male person. Oh, yes. Yes. No, I, I think it's just the ridiculousness of people caring about a gender of a potato when it really doesn't matter. Well, so so anyone that could anyone that could get you angry about a potato really has like you under their clout like you really need to like take a step back and you're like wait i'm angry about a fucking potato (laughs) it's it's a sign of the times we live in though i think like it's another reason for people to argue about nothing it does not it doesn't even matter (laughs) exactly exactly so it's not a 
a you know a violation of conservative culture any more than it is a let's just say a real win for you know some other culture like the you know um transgender community that's not a real win right that's a it's not a slight to anybody it's just what it is exactly it doesn't it's a toy i'm I'm, exactly i'm just i'm imagining that the reason this decision was made was because somebody said you know if we dropped the mister it would save us half a penny on every box and we can still yeah we can make we can make twice as many it's it, it it's surprising to me that they would even make this decision whoever is in charge of this like they had to sit in a room and legitimately think like hmm in this day and age we have like 10,000 different you know genders sexual orientations whatever so we're going to make this as gender neutral and as non-offensive as possible and that's it's sort of sad that that's the, that, that that's the time that we live in but who cares who, ca- why, who does, cares? why does it matter well it exactly and, and it's it's something that i i like this this you know culture warriors you know both conservative you know liberal other right whatever whatever they are right it doesn't it doesn't actually materially get anything for you it's just a distraction right that like the, in, in reality there's no culture war like you you can still do what you want it's still yeah. a potato that you can plug <laughs> still- any body part into any hole it's the exact same thing. In fact, in fact, I can almost guarantee the executive meeting for this, they discussed that this might be an outcome, right? That people would be discussing it. How do you make a toy that's been around since the 1940s relevant? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's a brilliant actually a, marketing yeah, that's a, right there. That's brilliant. Yeah. How do we, we're going to make it relevant in 2021 <laughs> by making a gender neutral potato. Which, by the way, it was originally gender yes, neutral. Yes, because potatoes don't did have not a gender. Have, <laughs> exactly. Well, yes, because potatoes don't have a gender. And because Mr. Potato Head was not technically its name until 1952. That's when it was advertised as Mr. Potato Head. But it had already been around for about 10 years before that. Well, and before that, it was it was just, a, it came with like just the things to put into an actual potato. Yeah, so they're actually little pins. It didn't um, include exactly. the plastic. Yeah, it was a real potato that you just plug in arms. Well, you, you I don't think you could buy the potato as part of the toy. Like that wasn't in you didn't look for a potato in the toy aisle. That was kind of like a bad idea. So you'd have to go to the produce aisle. <laughs> but you could do it on a, you know, banana, lettuce, whatever. That sounds awesome. Apple. Shit. Yeah. Mr. Banana Head. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's <laughs> sorry, ba- sorry, just banana, banana head. head, man. Chill. Yeah. Actually, that's Banana Head Jr. This is plantain. This is <laughs> plantain junior. Oh no! Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit ridiculous. I don't think anybody really cares, or at least nobody sane really cares. But that's the whole point. Exactly. Why I think care? I think the whole point was to stir up controversy to make it relevant again. Is yeah. it right? um, actually is this so a the, pretty big deal right now? Like this is I don't I haven't heard anything about it. It's a pretty big deal. It's making a stir. Twenty four hour news cycle. A a cat stuck in a tree could, you know, at least capture about 45 minutes of, of time. Yeah. Of air time. But I mean, so, so the, the potato head toy, as we know, it didn't really come about until the mid 1960s because basically the government said, uh, you can't sell pins as toys because <laughs> they were still selling pins as toys and you'd plop them in. Um, and actually the huge controversy when this toy came out, um, because the toy came out in like the late 30s or early 40s was because of World War II and that we were having to ration food at that point. And so you're, they were like, you're going to let kids waste food so that they Stab can make potatoes. Uh, yeah, so they could <laughs> make googly eyes in it or whatever. Sounds like so much yeah. fun. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to cheers to you guys right now that we never talk about Potato Head ever again because it doesn't matter. Cheers. Yes. It gets the dude scouts doesn't fucking matter seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it right. kind of looks like a county fair ribbon. <laughs> yeah. Except it's like it's like bright orange. You know, it's like it's not like a blue or doesn't red. make any it's sense. Bright orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a thumbs up on sense. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also imaginary. <laughs> it can be whatever you want it to be, kid. Yeah. Except for this pin I'm gonna put in your chest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So on to our main topic: a year in COVID. So by, I mean, by the time this episode drops, 
It will have been a year in COVID, and I kind of want to just talk about that because we've we've lived in this setting now for an entire year, and I kind of want to know ways that life has changed, way that life has really gotten simpler, ways that life has maybe gotten a little harder, but also how things don't seem terribly, terribly different now that we've been in it for a year and it seems normal. Uh, so I guess the first question on my mind is, what are some things that have changed in your daily routine because of COVID? We have to wear masks. Not <laughs> wearing masks and, and not leaving the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, see, now maybe it's just the the fields that I've worked in because I feel like my daily routine hasn't changed much through COVID. At the beginning, it definitely did when I was under basically what was house arrest because I couldn't, we had a curfew and work was closed. So I kind of just hung out. Uh, but now it, it doesn't really feel much different than what it was before, even though I, yeah, I may choose to stay home, even though, you know, bars are open. I, I probably would go to the bar two, three nights a week before covid now mm -hmm. i go to the bar once every three months maybe right it's a whole different experience now too right like the thing that i've noticed so going back to to march of last year uh i remember i had just left my job i was getting i was starting to make a career change and it was sort it was sort of the right time to do it and sort of the wrong time because like i was unemployed for longer than I expected because my next interview was pushed back and back and back because of COVID. But the other side of it is I, I, I nothing changed for me because I was already at home anyway. Um, I remember the first like two months was really interesting because it was kind of like any, I think the first month really was the most interesting. We can say two months in retrospect because it doesn't seem like that long, but it was <laughs> like, all right, like, okay, this thing that doesn't seem like, you know, it could be just like the flu. These things happen. It, you know, we've had swine flu and H1N1 and, and bird flu and whatever, all this stuff in the past. And it hasn't been a big deal. So like, OK, we'll we'll do the things. We'll do whatever we got to do. And and then it dragged on. But it was fun for a little bit because it was like, oh, I could just stay home and like, oh, I'm going to go outside and walk more. And, you know, thing that was kind of fun. Right. Like it was people were getting outside more. And there was a different way to look at it other than like, okay, this is miserable because now mm -hmm. I get, I'm, I'm super grateful that I have the opportunity to go outside and do this stuff and whatever. And, and then it turned into like and a month now and two and three months and four months and here. And you know what I mean? So the biggest thing for mm -hmm. me, fasting forward, I had a realization. This was last weekend. We were up in Traverse city at one of the, local establishments there and there was only like six tables in this place so what still wasn't by any means what it what what it would have been but there was people there there were things happening it was there was music we were being it was social you know what i mean and i sat there mm -hmm. for a minute and i was like man i miss this <laughs> like it's <laughs> i think that this has really changed the way that we view social interaction in such an interesting way. And for me as someone who like loves to deal with people and work with people and, and watch people and how this has all affected our minutia of the day, like mm -hmm. social interaction is super weird now with people you don't know because people are afraid of it because whether they believe mm -hmm. they should be afraid of it or whether they're just distancing themselves because that's what they, you know, are being told to do type thing the social interaction yeah, yeah. that we experience now is different than what we experienced a year ago. Um, oh yeah. I remember yeah. it. I hadn't shaken someone's hand in like six months. And I remember I shook somebody's hand and I looked at him and I was like, this is going to sound weird. And I said this to him. I said, this is going to sound weird, but that felt really good. Like <laughs> I, you, I didn't even realize like you miss that, like human connection, the physical touch, hugging people. Yeah. yeah. Like, even even when and man, people would complain like I don't want to like I gotta hug this person like oh uh, like man shit I want a hug dude like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. a year on a year into it it's it's interesting because I think that we thought this this back when this started like never gonna take the social interaction for granted again right 
But I think now it's even more so like, oh my God, this is where we're at. And it's been a huge eye opener for like people with mental health issues that struggle with isolationism as it is like, hello, we're all isolated. And Mm -hmm. it's a, I think like people talk about like a mental health crisis. It absolutely is. And take it for what you want. But I, I always question like, are we doing more good by keeping people shut in than like letting people out and letting the virus do what it's going to do and get vaccines out sooner? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I have no idea, but it's just been interesting Mm -hmm. for sure. And it's changed perspective yeah, yeah. on so many things in so many ways. And um, <clears throat> I can say I went to rugby, I mean, it, went to rugby practice. I'll never take rugby practice for granted again either. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely revealed a lot of things that were already happening in our society that were just underlying. And it was kind of just masked by all of our busyness. Right. Like, so the mental health problem, right. The mental health crisis or like, I, I remember hearing the statistic that I, you know, it's something like 40% of households couldn't handle a $500 unexpected bill, right? Which is basically like getting a yeah. hot water. Your water hot, yeah, yep. Your hot water heater goes out. Yeah. And so it's like those underlying things were already happening in our society. And we were just all super busy and we thought everything was, you know, okay. And it's like, oh, it wasn't. Uh, Yeah, it's, it is kind of crazy because like, like we said, we've been in this for a year now, right? We we have been in this for a year. We found all this stuff out what in probably month four, month five. We're we're in month twelve. We we still somehow have kept trucking along through all these different months, and I I'm kind of surprised at uh, how well we've really come and and how far like helping each other kind of keep on going. Maybe it's mentally because like obviously. Uh, Andrew, you've helped me mentally. Corey, you've helped me mentally in the past couple of months when we've been playing games. It's been helping me. Like every morning, I'm like, I got something to look forward to. Yeah, it's 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 you kind of figure out who who your friends are and who your relationships of convenience were, right? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, and yeah, um. So I think that's one of those things that's really changed my daily routine is I spend a lot more time virtually with friends, uh, but it's a a closer knit group of friends for sure. Uh, And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been kind of nice, honestly. It's like, it's these little things like that we sort of took for granted before, like playing video games um, online with each other. Now it's such a connective experience that, and we value connection so much more right now. That's the thing that I find the most interesting is people are really mean to each other right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is a time where we have more in the last, especially like last summer when the riots started happening and shit started going crazy. And it was like, this is what happens when we isolate people and they start to lose it. They don't have the connect. They don't have connection with their friends, their neighbors, their family. They're missing holidays. They're missing things that are important to them. How fragile the human psyche is, but also how strong we are. Human beings are like that, though. Like we persevere through resilient. whatever comes our mm-hmm. way. Like there will come a day where, and I've heard people say, like, "Oh, well, this is just the new normal." I was like, "We better not be fucking eating in igloos forever because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that shit." Like. I don't want to have to wear a mask forever. I don't like none of this. None of these things are things that I want to do long term. But if it's going to help in the short term, like, you know, I'll do what I got to do. But again, for me, the the thing that I think is the most important in the last 12 months is the connection with other people. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us human. We've we value the tribal. The, it's like the caveman brain. You know what I mean? Like we that's ingrained in us to want that sense of belonging and community and connection and if you don't have it you go fucking crazy and you find that connection whatever way you can like if it's going out and doing crazy Mm -hmm. stuff that you're not supposed to do that's what people are doing you know so like Mm -hmm. you were saying boner like talking about video games that's been a huge way to connect with people during this time and i think that it's it just shows the value of that moving forward it's like man i i if i don't have a legitimate reason to say no to like spending time with a friend after this. I need to say yes. 
Yeah. Because yeah. here we are. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so another question. What are some things you'd like to stay the same that came from COVID? Ooh, so for me, um, being able to work flexibly, so do some of it from home, some of it from the office. Um, and that's mostly because I got to commute. I've got like a 30-minute yeah. commute. So an hour commute both ways. Right. Or basically round trip. Round hour. trip hour. Yeah. Is it so, an amazing how many you know, jobs you can do remotely when you actually have to? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, in some ways it's better focus. You know, I was, I was like, oh, wow, I'd be at the office, you know, nine, ten hours. And I'm like, you know, an hour or so of that was just chit chatting with people. The social connection, which is great. You need that. But do I need as much of that at work, right? Because that's that we just established, you know, relationships of convenience versus friends, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, if I got more time to spend with friends or with my wife or things like that, I'd rather do that than, you know, idle chit chat. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would like people to be as nice as they have been in the restaurant scene. <laughs> that is, I think... They appreciate I think, I think people, you so much more wait, now. Wait, yeah. Yes. Wait, wait, are you telling me the customer isn't always right? <laughs> uh, the customer is almost never right. And when they are, I admit to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They used to be. Uh, more recently, I I don't know what, I, did, I don't know why, but people have been just nicer in the restaurant. Going uh, out to eat feels like a luxury now. Yeah. And yeah. The, you and, like you and, people, and people who are working in the restaurant industry, man. Everyone appreciates it so much more now because we know what it's like without it. Yeah, and and you know it's it sucks a lot more. Uh, at least with washing my hands, uh, my hands get dry and crack at the end of the day uh, because I would I I still think I'm the person that washes my hands the most in my restaurant. I still think I wash my hands more than anybody else. But now it's gotten to the point where every time I touch anything that a person touched. I wash my hands and it also makes my job a little bit harder because if I go to somebody's table, I used to be able to like go to somebody's table, pick up their check and then, you know, maybe go to another person's table and drop off a check or something like that. Now I don't do any cross contamination. I go to one mm-hmm. table at a time. If I go to you and I go back, I wash my hands. I go to you, I go back. Yeah, you're I like that. You're like that six year old with the scented soap. That's like, there's that phase where you go through like a bottle a week. Yeah, because it smells so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing I would like to not stay the same. But I get why it's healthy. You know, I'm washing my hands between every touch. But you know, I don't think that's necessary. You know, non-COVID times. I think that I keep my hands decently clean. But yeah, uh, but I would like people to be as nice as they have been, at least in the restaurant industry. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I- I'd like the grocery stores to also stay the way they have been without the hordes of people constantly there yes yes i mm. you know i i think and the for, roads oh yeah. i like it yeah i like it when all of you stay home people stay remember home. remember when the like lockdown first started and roads were legitimately like almost empty for a, like a couple weeks that was super weird i remember mm-hmm. we broke mm-hmm. we we totally broke quarantine rules and we went down to grand rapids and it was so weird it was so trippy there was like barely anyone on the road. It was like, this feels like one of the, like the I am zombie. legend or something. Yeah, exactly. The zombie apocalypse just started. Yeah, it like, was super weird. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think it's, this whole experience has definitely, for me, reinforced like what adds value to, to a society. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, you know, like, like uh, you know, we're a tribal species, right? We're we 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 our 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 whole survival has been predicated on our ability to coordinate and work together, and that trust needs to be there. And so it's just it's it's reinforced for me, like you know, the the person who is flipping burgers or who's a you know clerk at a, a at a grocery store deserves a lot more credit and definitely a lot more financial um, compensation than what they're getting, right? Um, the value because of these like, jobs, yeah. 
yeah, they're they're adding value, and if they don't do that job, like, you know, yes, it's an entry level job, but at the end of the day, like, if they don't do it, like, we're kind of screwed, right? Like, like there are executives who could take a month off, and nobody would know. Yep, yeah, they're pulling in. Don't get me wrong, they're pulling in a million dollars a year, but not nothing would change. Yeah, yeah, and like that. A uh, great example is you know. Uh, I think it was like garbage men in New York city. Um, the union basically, you know, it was against the law for them to do this. And there's a reason why, um, but they protested and said, Hey, we're, we're going to, boy- we're not going to work for a week or two weeks or however long it took to get their pay raise. And the state had to declare an emergency. They had to declare a state of emergency, New York, because the trash was building up. Right. And then the bankers in Ireland tried the same thing for six months six months and society kept going. They were fine. Yeah. That's a really good point. (laughs) I'm sitting here trying to think like, what would I want to stay the same after COVID? And I'm like, nothing. But I think Andrew, you make a solid point. Like the appreciation for these jobs that maybe we deemed as, uh, below us below. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, is now like, holy shit. Like our society runs because of these people, not because of yeah. not because of the rich uh, CEOs, higher ups in businesses. The world goes on without them because that sh- when, they, when that all of that shut down, nobody nobody whined and complained. But when like when the trash heaps pile up, or when the water mains break in Texas, who are they calling? They're not calling Elon Musk not to come calling. fix their yeah. pipes. They're calling the plumbers and the you know, whatever. Exactly. And when yeah. you go to the grocery store, like again, the found the the CEO of Walmart's not up in Walmart f- stacking shelves and all that. Um, I think okay. the other thing too that I'd love to see is the appreciation for small businesses, um, like local businesses. Yeah, I think that if that stayed the same, I wish that if we had to do oh, all that, of this increased. over again, dude, the small businesses should have stayed open, and some of the bigger places should have. I think they should have closed. Like they're shut there. They were shutting down these mom and pop businesses that, in my opinion, if they were like a, if it was a mom and pop grocery store, like whatever, they should st- they should be able to stay open because that's oh, yeah. the life. Didn't have like a corporate have like backer. A corporate backer. Right? There was no yeah, corporate right, backer. Exactly. backer yeah. And yeah. I th- and I think that that has shown who has a say with what like the money talks. Right. So like Walmart's not going to shut down because a they it's, you know, million bajillion dollar company and but Mm -hmm. they also have the power to do that when in reality they could have taken six months off and been totally fine yeah realistically yeah Yeah. but i know tons of places that mom and pop places that have closed and they won't ever reopen again and it was like and they're just like sorry we had to we have to close and it's like yeah that sucks so yeah no both of your points i agree with and i expanding upon that like appreciation for small business owners yeah no if if i go out and eat and that's you know that's not very often and i I don't usually sit in the restaurant but if i go out and grab some food or something it's it's at a local like mom and pa kind of store you know i'm not going to a chain of any sort um and yeah that's i you know because i want to keep those open yeah yeah we see the value in that now appreciate Mm mm-hmm I think I just I think the general speak then is just the appreciation that people have been showing. If that could just remain the same at the end of COVID, is appreciating the, the the little things in society. And remembering how I think people need to remember how fragile our society is. Yeah. How close we realistically were one two days away from, you know, we lose power, we lose food, we lose some sort of major supply. Um, you take one of those things completely out of the equation, how close people get to falling back into some like really kind of mad uh, Max. animalistic. Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Like it's straight up like Mad Max. Seriously that I'm not like not even joking. That's what scared me the most about early COVID times was the panic. Oh yeah. How people oh, were yeah. acting. Cause it was like, uh, wait a second. We're like, there's still food. There's still water. There's still electricity. And people are flipping out. Like, but what about the toilet paper? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though. 
that moving forward, it's like, yo, we have to like, we as a human race have to understand that we got to work together because otherwise we will fall into chaos very quickly. Like yeah. we're, we're re- I think we're a week away from like some real bad shit happening at any given point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. I'm not like a yeah. conspiracy yeah. theorist, but just us as human beings. That's what, again, we, that's what we do. That's how we, we're animals just like everybody else. <laughs> But you, and you dehumanize people enough to, and you don't connect with them, and it makes it even easier to treat them like that. However, you're going to treat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, a year into COVID, how? Hmm, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Year into COVID, what's really been the driving factor to keep you going, to keep you, you know, trying a new thing, or to I don't really know how to put it other than just to keep you going. What what has been that year-long constant push to keep you going? I I will tell you what that is. Um and it's it's spelled L O G A N. Oh man. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, no, dude, like starting this podcast has been a lot of fun. That's been a really great creative outlet to have. Um yeah. to to also just to keep some sanity like yeah you know oftentimes it's it's one of the more interesting things that i've done for the whole week <laughs> yeah you know especially in the winter time because we started in the winter so i do have to preface that you know i, I couldn't go mountain biking or you know go for long walks beach. or anything like that or yeah yeah, yeah. so what about helping you, with Corey? the cabin fever uh the biggest thing that kept me motivated this year was so at the beginning like literally right at the beginning of the covid nightmare I decided to make a career change, a like pretty significant career change. And um, that was my motivation. So like moving into, I, I left my job and I started working with the DNR. My initial motivation was like, okay, I want to get promoted to be a, I, I want to become a park ranger, state park ranger. And then getting to that, I, and I made, I made that happen. The next phase was, okay, now I have to pass a, phys- a physical fitness test to keep this job because it's a part of the requirement for the job. So man, I mean, it's been like a a year process and that has really kept me on task and motivated and not just like sit there and like drink myself and into happiness and whatever. But, um, finding some new hobbies was important. Like I got back into Lego after like, you know, 15 years of not. And I remembered how, much simple joy that brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like learning new stuff because I have the time to. Yeah, so yeah. you name it, like learning how to build, learning how to like build, build stuff. Like that was a big part of my job. We had to build stuff, maintain stuff and all that. So just continuing to like learn and process and be physically active as well as mentally active. Um mm-hmm. So, but definitely the job thing was the most motivating. I mean, I've struggled with motivation actually. Now that I passed my MCOLs, the physical, the fitness <laughs> test, I'm struggling. Like I go to the gym and I'm going through the motions. I'm just like, God, I don't even, what am I doing here? But like, what's the yeah, point, what's man? The point? I've already come this far, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it all comes down to wanting to look good naked. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. So, yeah. Did I yeah, die on my yeah. jog today? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, you know, it's, uh, Andrew, obviously this podcast has been a great, uh, weekly motivator is, Hey, let's, instead of going into some dark place, let's focus on how we can make this week's episode fun or bright or funny, stuff like that. And then Corey, along with you playing video games in the morning, just to kill some time and talk to a friend and, and just get a little bit of peace in the morning before the gym, before work little bit of human interaction that means something to you you get a smile laugh all that stuff it's just little things like that you know getting to hang out with the girlfriend and her parents just to see somebody uh and talk with somebody and get some just good news from somebody and that's i think that's been what's been motivating me for the year uh but in dude scott's fashion moving on to something interesting from the week andrew let's start with you all right, so I rediscovered a yes, a well, it's really a 
beer, wine, and liquor store that has a just wonderful selection. Like, you could literally spend an hour in there. Easy peasy. What's it called? Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where right, it's we're at. We're going to leave it at that. And that's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can find my way there. Yeah, I can find my way there. And that's really what matters, right? Um, it is called... Da, 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 um, cork and Ale. Dude, oh, okay. yes, I was going to say Cork and Ale. Hell yeah. Sorry, I just was there a couple weeks ago. It's fantastic. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> so spent way too much money there on whiskey. Yeah. Well, it's, so that's a a is that a chain? I guess is that a f- small franchise? There's two. Yeah. There's one in Midland and one in Saginaw. Okay. Okay. Owned by it's owned by it's a small business, but yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a small local franchise, basically. Yeah. So, okay. Well, but, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, because I was getting worried looking at like the Meyer selection, I'm like, man, I'm not gonna have a new beer every week. And now I'm like, I will have a new beer every week for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, Cork and Ale is legit. It's you know, awesome. I think I'd been That's there awesome. once before, a um, long time ago, and so I just completely forgot about it. And now that we have this podcast, I've been looking for a place, and I. And I was actually looking for the Rolling Rock there, ironically. <laughs> and you found more. One that I could have found in Walmart, probably. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey, what is something interesting from your week? Oh, like the coming week or the week, like a week prior? <laughs> it's Sunday. What happened from last Sunday to today? I would say, uh, so we drove down to visit a friend from out of town, he, they they came in for the weekend yesterday um, and that reinforced my position on this whole connection piece. So for me, the most interesting thing that happened was getting to spend that time with someone uh, and like, again, fill that like connection thing. You know what I mean? It reconnects you to your your humanity. And I realized how important that is to do, whether it's a virtual connection like this or it's an in-person connection, but like making that is so important. And it just, for me, that fills my cup entirely. So, uh, it was, it was interesting in that respect for sure. That's awesome. Uh, something interesting for my week was going back to the gym for the first time in a year. Uh, and my body hurts bad. Uh, my yeah, no, arms, I, I, <laughs> my arms, my arms hurt. Well, it was a part much of the like, whole. Much like Potato Head, they fall off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, my New Year's one of my New Year's resolutions was to put on thirty pounds this year, uh, and I realized that working out in my own home was not going to get me to where I want to be, and so that's motivated me to get back into the gym, and I weighed myself for the first time. I was really sad about the weight that I am, and but I've got a number to hit. So I weighed myself. I'm 150 pounds flat even, which is sad when both of you have known me at weights greater than that and looking healthy. Uh, and so, yeah, I have a I have a, a starting point and I've got a finishing point now. And it's good to it's good to know going forward. But my body hurts. All of the protein. All of it. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, each workout, just like a burger afterwards, just <laughs> a piece of Straight chicken. Straight up. Chicken. It doesn't even matter yeah. what the yeah. what the intake is. Just put it in. Yeah. <laughs> just, just cook it lightly. Just. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, so, just go to the farm and take the cow. The <laughs> yes. That's, that's what it's going to be. All right. Last segment, what have you learned from today's episode? What have you learned? I learned about Potato Head. <laughs> that was enlightening for sure. I also, uh, man, that reading of Sam's speech was just fucking brilliant. I didn't really learn anything from it, but it inspired me. <laughs> like it was very just, it was just good and I loved it. And I learned that I should watch Lord of the Rings and read the books again. <laughs> that's, that's what I learned from that. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I learned that uh, 
you know, Mr. Potato Head was controversial at the beginning. And I guess this is the controversial end to Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just kind of really gone full circle. Or it has really gone full yeah, circle. He's a, it is a well-traveled potato. Yes. I have learned that Andrew in a Star Wars universe, uh, yeah, he uh, likes to take people and transform them into gun-guns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Professor Khan. <laughs> Professor Khan. Khan. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the most evil person in the Star Wars universe. Anyone who's willing to... people. Yeah, anyone who's willing to transform humanoid like people into gungans is truly evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> making all people gungans that's... i mean he makes darth sidious look like a kitten <laughs> truly sadistic all right well this has been another episode of dude scouts Corey, thank you again for thanks for having us. me fellas i appreciate it absolutely andrew as always It's been a pleasure. Toodles. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dude Scouts. Please validate our fragile selves by giving us a follow on Instagram or send us an email at dudescoutspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Toodles.